0: where there was dwarves and elves and all kinds of hobbits that were fighting dragons and things, I developed a formula, and that formula was called New Mood. New Mood was one of the very first formulas that Anna came out with because I understood that the molecule serotonin, the neurotransmitter, was so essential for the brain to operate at its highest capacity for relaxation, enjoyment, and positive mood so we created a formula based around L-tryptophan and 5-HTP now L-tryptophan is an amino acid that converts into 5-HTP and 5-HTP converts into the serotonin molecule which can be shortened to 5-HT so it's like a chain reaction time release version to help the body upregulate its own natural stores of serotonin So this is just assisting the body in the process to help it do what will make the body operate a little bit more efficiently. And then we surrounded it with a bunch of herbs that help relax you, help put you in a positive state. Because myself, personally, I am prone to bouts of Well actually all the things (laughs) and that's probably one of the reasons why I've sought so many ways to help myself and there's so many different tools that are available. It could be sensory deprivation tanks and floating, it could be yoga, it could be a hard workout, it could be getting sun and all the things I talk about in Own the Day but also to help support the body, the mind, the mood a good supplement formula like New Mood is an essential part of what I do. So if you're interested definitely check it out it's something that not only is a good gift for yourself but for anybody else who could use a little support for their mood for their stress anything along those lines so go to on slash aubrey and check out some new mood from the times of yore mark manson has a new book out it's called everything is fucked a story of hope except when you read it, you realize that the thing that is the most fucked is your own mind after reading this book. It's one of the best explorations of human psychology that I have ever encountered, and that says a lot. I was a philosophy major, I've read all kinds of books on different subjects, mark knocked it out of the park we dive right into a lot of the content so i apologize in advance if i'm making some references from the book that i didn't explain perfectly clearly but i think most of you guys will be able to follow it and it's one of my favorite conversations to date and one of my favorite books of all time enjoy the podcast mark what's up good to see you man it's good to be back I mean it's kind of good to see your book kind of fucked me up man did it yeah a little bit well that that's kind of well everything's fucked <laughs> that's what so, yeah, it was it was right that's that's the whole point i came in all pessimistic <laughs> thinking, thinking like nah nah but man i have to say first of all you're one of the best writers that i've read in this genre fucking periods so let's just get Thank that you. out there Thank and you. i think the book is fucking brilliant Thank and you. there's some areas i don't agree with and some areas maybe that i'm resisting sure agreeing with. sure but um fuck it's good man thank you really really good and i'd love for you to kind of just take people through and then we'll kind of mix it up and i'm sure we'll inevitably get into some of the areas where we have some different viewpoints and things like that but uh fuck it's good
1: um it's
0: it's it's a lot it's a you lot. Know, I, exactly. I, I, That's, I was usually I would like endeavor to like lead, lead, yeah. lead, but I don't trust myself to actually no. do that any justice at
1: all because it covers so much. It's funny because as soon as I finished it, I remember looking over like one of the revisions, and I was like, man, podcasters, like I, I feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know. I was like,
0: how is anybody going to re- interview me over this book? Because you, know? you would literally interview over every chapter. Yeah. Like this could be like a 12 part time life series of like yeah. Aubrey and Mark discuss the universe and well, we're sitting on a porch somewhere in South Dakota yeah. like fucking looking at the stars. Like it could be that. We should do that. Next, <laughs> we should do by that. By the way. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's
1: funny because you, you know, how like a lot of like you don't do this, but like a lot of podcasters, they kind of do the chapter by chapter, give us the bullet points type thing. And and. Mm-hmm. The the interviews where people have tried to do that with this book, it we we get like halfway through chapter three, and they're like, Oh, it's time for you to go. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? <laughs> um, so all right, let me do my best to summarize this or or give people a sense of, of what the hell they're getting into. Um uncomfortable truth. It's gotta start there, right? It starts with the uncomfortable truth, which is that um any way you kind of logically look at it, um, on a cosmic scale, everything we know about the universe, how big the universe is, how long it's been around and how fragile and uh, just uh, just tiny our lives are it's hard to when you zoom out to a perspective that wide it's hard to really argue that anything we do has any importance on an objective level whatsoever right um, and I this is a thought that I think everybody has and sometimes we get kind of stuck in it for a while and that's called depression uh, but it it's nobody really wants to talk about it because it just it feels awful it's uncomfortable and so we we kind of like dive back into the world and and get caught up in you know um, how much our latte costs and whether we're going to get a raise at work next month or whatever mm. um so i want to write a book be- like i have a strong feeling that there's a lot of nihilism going on in our culture today. There's something about technology and the modern world in the 21st century that I see people becoming very nihilistic. And I want to ri- I wanted to ultimately write a book that argued against nihilism, against this idea that nothing matters, so fuck it, let's just do whatever feels good. Uh, but you can't argue against it unless you start there. Mm-hmm. And so the book starts there and it's uh it gets dark like very fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually actually to me it was incredibly illuminating yeah. from the start because it goes with this uncomfortable truth and then our desperate attempts to avoid the uncomfortable truth by utilizing this thing called hope. This yes. idea that we do matter, this idea that something we do is going to be meaningful and it yes. will cause change and it will blah 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 and and you really illustrated how you know, people latch onto that. Yep. And that's the thing that keeps them from these states of depression, which is really hopelessness. Like Absolutely. when I feel depressed, that's a sense of
1: hopelessness. Absolutely. And it's it's a big misconception as people assume that depression is being sad about something. But really, I mean, often it, it accompanies sadness sometimes. So maybe something bad happened recently. But ultimately what depression is, is this sense that nothing matters. Nothing you do or say or or get up and work on is gonna matter and so why do it
0: <laughs> yeah i've fucking been there yeah right? we I've all have there, you know we where you have. like yeah. you just you give it you send it you do your best and then you just see the world around you or maybe the close people around you yeah that you've spent the time like pouring your information and heart and love and all of this stuff into and nothing is any different and yeah. you just look around like what the fuck am i even <laughs> doing why am i trying or it's yourself Or you've been in this self growth path, this transformation path, and using resistance as assistance. I'm fucking Marcus Aurelius. I'm taking all this and growing stronger. And then I fall back in the same fucking trap that I've been in a million times before, and the landscape looks the same. And I'm like, what the fuck? Have I not even done anything? Have I just been jerking off of my champagne bottle, like you said (laughs) in the book, and just fucking sipping it just to pretend (laughs) that I was doing something useful? You know, and then I get depressed.
1: <laughs> you like that metaphor. <laughs> I love that metaphor. <laughs> Jerking off in the champagne bottle. <laughs> chapter six, folks. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of, the, so the starting place, uh, one of the things that I describe in the first chapter is that we, we live in this very strange time right now, which is that by every material measurement, and I'm sure you've seen like Steven Pinker's stuff or Hans Rosling. It's like every material measure the world is better than it's ever been. We're living longer, we're healthier, we're curing diseases, we're wealthier, there's less violence, there's more equality. Like all, every, just boom, 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 boom. Everything we have data on shows that we're living in the best time it's ever been to be alive. Uh, Meanwhile, on the mental health side of things, things are getting, um, depending on your perspective and depending on the research you look at, either worrisome or just like downright, horrifying everything from depression rates rising uh across the population but also at younger ages um to the opio- opioid opioid e- epidemic that's yep. occurring uh in the united states and canada so everything is so good yet everybody's
0: fucking miserable well this is the okay so this is the part where it starts to fuck me up because <laughs> like okay there's that famous line it was the best of times it was the yes. worst of times right yes and it's almost like that's always true yes because we always have to and you talk about this blue dot they will get into it we always have to have basically this same level of struggle unhappiness yes. strife no matter what the fuck is going on and if everything's actually good then we'll make the trivialities the things that actually blow our emotional gaskets yeah and make us you know in have internal challenges whereas if there's hard external things you know, then those are the things that carry the weight, and the trivial stuff is like we just let that go. But either way, we're finding this stasis point where things are always a little bit fucked. Yes, exactly. So this is the this is kind of like the first big
1: reveal that happens about halfway through the book is that you know I I spend most of the first book going through kind of like the human psych like how our psychology is constructed and like why we need hope and how hope functions in, in our in our mind and in our life. And then you get to the end of the first part of the book and it's and I make the point that hope essentially needs conflict. Like we need some sort of conflict yeah. in our lives to give us a sense of meaning. And the more that you remove conflict from our lives, we either fall into a state of hopelessness or we invent conflicts out of mundane
0: and trivial stuff. That you you had a line and I and I wrote it down here, hope requires something to be broken. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like it requires that. Like, okay, so you just do this whole compelling argument yeah. about why we need hope. We need to have this belief that something can be better. Yes, but and we we literally need it. it you know, in, yes. from a lot from a psychological perspective, but the necessity of having hope is for something to be broken so we will always find something broken exactly so we can have something to fix so we feel that our life no, is no, meaningful no, and, no, you, and no. has purpose <laughs> no i don't like it it doesn't <laughs> I don't like it it Mark. doesn't feel good no it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't feel good at all
1: i was talking to uh it was funny i showed a draft to a friend and uh and he came back and he was like, dude, you were like the Quentin Tarantino of self-help. Like <laughs> everything I care about, you just like is there's just blood splattered
0: all over the wall by the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really it's really fucking interesting. And I think, you know, the only thing. All right. So the thing that I can hang on to and the thing yeah. that actually you illustrate is what you're talking about is the aggregate yes and within the aggregator outliers yes. like you talk about the monk who self-immolated himself Quang duk i don't know yep. how to pronounce his name yeah but Kwangduk, duk who immolated himself literally had gasoline poured on lit the match yes allowed himself to burn in deep stillness and meditation you have a beautiful piece on meditation yes. too i love that in there and that change that was a photo and an image that changed the world and then you have palecki who actually uh signed up for auschwitz just to spy <laughs> on auschwitz like yeah and the fucking and then got tortured and all these other stuff and like these outliers who are not the aggregate sure right so like and and there's other spiritual like kind of leaders like Mm -hmm. you talk to people who've met baba ramdas and yeah and i met don miguel ruiz and i watched him look at the sunset each time at a 10 when usually you kind of from hedonic tolerance you'll fall to about a seven on what you think this sunset is but every fucking time every day every hug everything was at a 10 and same as you would hear from Ram Dass and some of the other people, you see that there's outliers. Sure, And I guess maybe I just need the hope that there are outliers and the hope that we could all be outliers. But I have seen some evidence that, okay, in the aggregate, yeah, you're probably right, but we
1: could be an outlier. Well, so like, like you said earlier, hope is, we need the hope for something. Like it's kind of, hope is kind of like the fuel for our psychological engine. Without it, nothing else runs. Um. so the kind of the conclusion i come to is that we just need to become extremely extremely careful what we hope for mm-hmm. because m- most things that we hope for will eventually destroy us or destroy somebody else um and so we have to be like exquisitely careful and i think some of those outliers that that you you know just gave an example, or some of the, some of the people that I use an ex- as an example in the book. I think the reason they're outliers is because they found something uh, very, very simple. They, they they found a very simple form of hope that uh, you know managed to kind of like walk that tightrope and yeah. not not destroy everything around them. Um, and the example of Kwangduk, like I, one of the things I talk about that I think. I would argue that we should hope for is, is the argument of of anti fragility, which is essentially just getting better at pain. I think mm. that is yeah. probably a safe, uh a safe form of hope, um of of basically reorienting our idea of what a better world looks like as not a world that's the that's removed of pain, but a world where everybody gets to choose their own pain. Um I think that's a much more accurate reflection of like what a healthy uh, society full of healthy individuals uh, would be. And and when you take that form of hope to its logical extreme, you end up with people like Quang Duc or, or uh, Baba Ram Das or, yeah. or whoever. It's It's people who have sat with that internal strife for so long and and stared at it for so long that they're they eventually reach that point where they're where the whole world does come alive because they realize that they're so aware of that inner conflict in their own psyche that they don't need to project it out into the world around
0: them i I think that's i think that's the right i think that's right i think that's the point and i think that's one of the things that i've tried to dedicate my life to but i think it's one of the things that plagues me is like fuck i might not ever get there because i have hunted pain yeah. you know with all of the psychedelic experiences those are deeply challenging sure. especially the ayahuasca experiences going through death i'm sliding down vines of thorns naked i got spiders exploding <laughs> in my eyes there's <laughs> eels eating my liver like it's <laughs> fucked up it told me i had cancer like it's i i spent on a boga journey like eight hours Seeing how I was a manipulative piece of shit, <laughs> like I was gonna <laughs> fuck the world up. And then, like all of these things, it's like you're hunting these deep challenges, sure. right? So, all right, that's one path, open relationship, another path, just massive jealousy and sure. fucking annihilation of my ego in all forms. And the thing that I've noticed in my brain is that I'm conquering these fears and conquering these pains, but my hunger for a different type of pain, my hunger for yeah. seems a little bit insatiable. Sure. You know, and I wonder like, man, will I will I run out of pains that yeah. I will that I will hunt to the point where I can like at least move my baseline cuz I do experience great bliss. Yeah. And I actually have experienced more since then, but you know, and my hope is that I can get a lot closer to that accessibility to those feelings of ecstasis or like yeah. bliss and minimize some of the pain and maybe raise that baseline like a little bit but my mind is a fucking gnarly thing it just keeps hunting for things to worry about
1: you just said it right there i don't even know if you're aware that you said it you said that my hope is that i get to those levels of bliss and you're describing hunting all the pain as a means to the end (laughs) of achieving which as you know i go over very thoroughly in in the book that that Anything we hope for it needs to be an end and of itself. So it's like right there you're getting yourself into trouble. Mm. You're saying I'm I'm pursuing pain because it's gonna make me feel blissful. Yeah. When it's like no 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 the pain needs to be the end and of itself. The pain, the pain needs to be it. Yep.
0: You know. Yeah, that was Kant. Do you have? A, I'm sure you have his quote uh, fresh, but that's one of the most important quotes. Oh yeah,
1: the formula of humanity. So yeah. it's it's never treat a person merely as a means, but always as an end. And it sounds it's very abstract, but it's it's very simple. So yeah. it's like, uh, if I like let's say I call you and I'm like, hey Aubrey, how you doing, man? It's been a long time, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But and really the only reason I'm calling you is because like I want a favor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like yeah. pretending it's, to be nice. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst. It, it is the worst. It yeah. is the worst. So it's the reason that is the worst is because I'm treating you as a means. I'm not treating you as an end. Like the the point is that. I'm not calling you for you. I'm calling you for me. Yeah. And Kant's point is that pretty much everything bad in life happens because we're treating either other people or ourselves as a means and not as an ends. And so treating you as an end would be like, hey,
0: Aubrey, uh, I need a favor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's yeah, like yeah, Just being honest about it. Uh uh-huh. um, You know, or- it's actually there. Actually, is an honesty to to an, a blatant transactional. Absolutely. discussion like absolutely hey i would like this i'm gonna give you this what do you think you know is mm-hmm. this cool rather than like hey and like buttering somebody up and like yeah. making it an illusory well and this is this is actually why so you and i both grew up
1: in austin uh-huh. um i think we're around the same year i think i think i r- vaguely recall you yeah, and i knowing close. some of the same people mm-hmm. in high school but um uh it's one reason why i love the east coast man it's like there's just there's no bullshit there's no, like, nobody like, how y'all doing today? You know, where it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like, no, you just want, you want a tip. Like, right. I, I I understand, you know, here in New York, it's like people don't have time. They're, mm. they're like, what do you want? And if you don't say it, they're like, okay, let me know when you know. Yeah. And there's, there's a certain, uh, even though it's, there's a little bit of friction to it. There's, there's like an elegance with that honesty of, um, because you know where you're at with people, like, yeah. Here it's like when somebody really likes you 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 know that they like you because it's there's like 80 other people they could be hanging
0: out with uh so there's no reason for them right. to like f- pretend um, right and and there's a million good restaurants so if you're eating somewhere and yep. you eat there a lot like you really like the food yeah there's like I I fully get that yeah all right I've taken this on a little bit of detour cuz there was sure. a fucking major point about my own my own internal <laughs> flaws that we have to get back to so okay this idea and i need a moment perhaps i needed a moment to integrate it so i wanted you to <laughs> talk you like, about Kant.
1: You, you want to lay on the couch <laughs> yeah, <or? laughs> I, please
0: i felt like i needed to through some of this but this yeah. is the this is an incredibly important point um the idea that i'm hunting this pain for a result yes instead of just hunting the pain because i enjoy the process of that experience it's not
1: even about enjoying it's okay, it's okay, simply okay. Hun- it's just the pain makes you better
0: yeah so it, it just is and that's okay so you said amorfati, which is love yeah. your love your fate like love your love rea- what is love yeah. what is love yep. your reality like love love the process yes no matter what the process is regardless of the ends like love the process i mean i wrote a book about the process sure. owning the day on your life it's important i yeah, understand absolutely. that but nonetheless i think projecting to the i'm doing this because is a way that you get mind fucked yes rather than i'm just i'm doing this yeah. this is the process Be- because as the title says everything is fucked so <laughs> even if you achieve
1: and i think this is what you're running into you're you're, you're a mm-hmm. little you're, you're caught up a little bit in this hamster wheel of yeah. like like oh well maybe if i do this therapeutic work or if i do this practice or if i take this psychedelic like man now they'll give me the breakthrough i want and it's it's the fact that you're having that thought in the first place that is preventing you from having that breakthrough. If that yeah. makes sense, because it's it's whatever you go through, whatever you know, whatever pain you go through, how whatever growth you go through, um, things are still going to be fucked on the other end of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just going to be fucked in yep. in a slightly better way than yep. they were before. Uh, but it's a, if you keep going through the process expecting them to not be fucked anymore, you know, then then you're just fucking yourself twice. So. Mm. It's um, you know what Nietzsche's whole thing that I talk about the more the amorphati thing is is just love the fuckingness, just love, and I think that's where these spiritual, the spiritual yeah. yeah these that's where these spiritual teachers end up at that constant ten is that they they're loving the suckage, they're loving yeah. you know the anxiety that comes up, they love it. You know, the the discomfort, the fear, the the concern that maybe they said the wrong thing to this person or that person.
0: They love it. They've learned how to love those things about themselves. Um You know, I had my one of my spiritual teachers is a guy named Ted Decker, and he's been talking to me about this similar thing. And, you know, because he's he's been someone I've been reaching out through through the painful elements of this process. Sure. And, um you know his wisdom's incredible but he he keeps saying like bless the pain yeah like bless the pain yep and i and i kept saying that i kept finishing the sentence with bless the pain because it's gonna blah blah you know like so but i wasn't just listening to him he never said bless the pain because he just said no 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 bless the pain like bless polarity itself bless the ups bless the downs bless the jealousy bless the ecstasy bless like bless all of it equally all of it and I was like, because why? And then I fucking, <laughs> but that's but that's it. And that's exactly what you're saying. But from, you know, another philosophical psychological standpoint.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's super interesting, you know. One of the things that I explored in this book, like my background is kind of Buddhism and Eastern philosophy as well, in terms of like my personal practice. Um, but in the last few years, I've become incredibly interested in Western philosophy. And it's, I feel like they're talking about the same thing. like everything you're saying right now, the bless the pain, bless this and like waiting for that because like that's Kant's means and ends. like there's yeah. you're talking about means and ends. and it's like yeah. just like Kant was like, stop, stop treating things as means, only treat things as ends and of themselves. <laughs> like, you know, it's like your teachers like, bless the pain, just treat it as an ends, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nietzsche was saying the same thing. it's it's love what is. stop, stop seeking anything outside of like what is already.
0: Um damn. It's awesome. It's awesome. This shit, like it, and that's and that was actually because it's because it's true. Yeah. Right. It's actually the it's actually feels the very best now. There's not that there isn't resistance because it in part of you what you say like when there's certain parts of your identity yeah that are changing like you have to you mourn them
1: oh absolutely like
0: there was like there's things that are and like there's parts of this I'm doing this because of this yeah like the part of that is going to have to die yeah and I'm going i'm going to mourn that it's just the way that the feeling brain works it's like when this thing changes there may be a mourning process that you go through but i can start by blessing that mourning process and be like okay letting all of this go but it's uh but yeah i mean it's it's a reorientation of the way that the fucking brain works
1: i'm I'm glad you bring that up because it it's a subject i feel like is under discussed around especially in the personal development world of you know, everybody wants to change themselves. Nobody realizes that it's there's like a certain sadness that comes with real change, there's a certain sadness no that doubt. comes along. Um Jesus, Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. There's a certain sadness that there's comes from that sad. fucking ringtone. <laughs> um because it's it's you know a lot. I think a lot of people get caught up in, in constantly changing themselves. It's this. It's almost like a pursuit. It's like chasing highs. You know. Right. It's, it's they want to have that big breakthrough and be like, oh my god, I'm so different, without realizing that there's a come down on the other side of like grieving who you once were. Mm-hmm. And and it's like even, you know, th- to give an example for for my my own life, like I I used to party to like an unhealthy degree, mm-hmm. and it took a lot of time and focus to kind of get my shit together. And, and when I did, I was so glad I did. But for a year or two, there was like this kind of sadness and nostalgia that like, oh man, I'm never gonna be that guy again. Like I'm never gonna be that guy like in a club at 3 a.m. Like, it sounds awful now that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, as a 35 it, year old, it, it sounds awful. But like, you know, six, seven
0: years ago, like there was a sadness. It was like, man, I, mi- I miss being that guy sometimes. And uh, did you ever, because I find this, like as I'm letting things go, sometimes I have to prove that I still can
1: yeah that's you know like every once in a while
0: like look i'm giving this up but just so we all know <laughs> yeah. just so we all know i still got it all I right? still got it you know like roll up the rack up that pyramid we're playing big beer pong all night let's go you know but like but Absolutely. yeah because it's it is hard to let it go and yeah. like it's like being in that you know if even letting go of a relationship it's absolutely. like absolutely oh let's just have sex one more time you know yeah. it's like like okay let's just fucking party and do coke one more time <laughs> one more time. Just, just so i can just it's, know it's still there it's
1: never the same though
0: it's never the it's same never the same and you kind of need to know but some party it's helpful to know that you don't need to sometimes, sometimes it, you can't
1: yeah sometimes it makes it easier to let go yeah you know because it's like now now i'm at that point in my life where I wouldn't be caught dead in a bar after ten o'clock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it yeah. sounds, it sounds like punishment now, you know. Um, but it's I needed to I needed to learn that for myself. Uh, you know, I I needed to hit that point before I was like, okay. Like it, it helped me become more comfortable with my past self and my current self, and yeah. and 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 kind of like the movement through those two things
0: when you talk about there was some really interesting stuff at the very the first half of the first part of your book Mm -hmm. about um i think it was newton's laws of emotions which people don't really talk about very much and then the moral gaps that are created and how we try to cure those moral gaps and how we think about what we deserve and 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 dive into that for a second because it felt to me like this is what every psychologist psychiatrist actually should probably be talking about like this is the framework yeah well, I think, but but I haven't heard it much. Well, thank you. Yeah, cuz I made it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's a huge compliment.
0: <laughs> Wait, there are no Newton's laws of motion. No, emotions? man, he had Newton's oh, laws man. of motion. Oh. <laughs> he's a fuse of physicist.
1: You know what's so funny, man, is is like like I I am I was such a <laughs> I was such a so my editor did the same thing. Like I wrote the
0: first draft and uh you even said it was in like a dusty part of his library or something. <laughs> You're like the fucking guy who made the mermaids documentary <laughs> that I believed. I believed in mermaids after that. I
1: believed in Newton's laws of emotions. God damn. I wrote this whole like kind of historical fiction around Newton. And instead of it's his and it's it, so the part about his life is accurate. Like yeah. he was a fucked up dude. But like he, you know, the laws of emotion. Um my editor did, did the same thing. Like he he like wrote sent me an email, he's like, man. I can't believe I didn't learn about these in school, <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Dude, I, I made them up." Like <laughs> it's Newton's laws of motion. Oh, <laughs> emo Newton! <laughs> now you get up. it, okay. emo Newton. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, um, I took so m- the laws of emotion are analogous to the laws of motion. So, like yeah. Newton's first law of emotion is a uh, an object will stay in motion until another object acts against it. And mm. so I just took that and I said like. Your emotional experience or your identity will persist until a new experience acts against it. Um, He, one of Newton's laws is uh, for every, I think it's like for every... um, Action, there's an equal and opposite reaction? Yes, equal and opposite opposite reaction. Um, I changed that to be for every... uh, for every action there's an equal and opposite emotional reaction mm-hmm.
0: um so it's just kind of a fun way to like because it, it yeah. does apply it, it really does. it really does apply it like, makes a lot of fucking sense and then how those are applied yeah and like the difference i think you i think you said at one point like you get punched in the face and you can either react there's a couple ways you can react you can yeah. e- it has to have an action so that's the action yes and then your emotional reaction has to come yeah. and that emotional reaction is going to come with the equal amount of force so that could either be punching back yes that's one way that it could go it could be anger that you don't express physically but you express it internally yes. and you boil in this internal kind of rage yep. or whatever or you start to put it internally yep. instead of projecting it externally as anger but internally as i deserve this
1: you de- you decide you deserve
0: it. you decide that you deserve to be punishment and you take that and you put it against yourself and yeah. it's like
1: fuck and it's proportional too, right? I mean, it, it's like if I just if I just slap you a little bit, you'll be like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. like if I like full out wind up, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have problems, you know. So yeah. it's and and this is just a fundamental component of our of our psychological makeup is that we, for every experience of pain, with like a negative experience is an experience of pain or a positive experience which is the alleviation of pain or removal of pain, uh, we feel a need to compensate whatever caused us those things. So um, if I punch you, you're gonna have an overwhelming emotional urge to equalize in some way, whether that's hitting me back or uh, you know doing something sneaky or whatever. Um, if I like do something overwhelmingly nice to you, if I give you a gift, you're also gonna feel an urge an emotional urge to compensate you're gonna hug me and be like oh my god dude you're the best guy in the world oh shit you know like it it's uh every kind of emotional impulse that we feel it it is based in this like constant seesawing
0: of trying to balance out trying to fucking balance and find that equanimity find that place of like where everything where the scales of justice are are balanced right like where reciprocity is held and but it gets so twisted in the way that we do that because if you give something more than that person feels that they can return yeah they have to react to that yes like they have to react to that in a different way well i can't return that so and my gratitude is not and maybe they don't believe that their gratitude is enough because yeah. actually genuinely genuine gratitude is typically enough yes you know but they, they can't give that because they don't feel like they deserve it and they can't repay it so then they have to either hypothesize some way to diminish your gift yeah by saying oh it was fucked it was manipulative it was this it wasn't really a gift it was that or that yeah. find some like you have to go through all of these different fucking processes to yeah. actually and you and all of these are happening subconsciously. Yeah. Because it's like a universal law that we're trying to find balance.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's it's I think whether it's meditation or therapy or or whatever, you know, we become more I think emotional intelligence is basically just kind of becoming more aware of this process within ourselves. Yeah. You know, understanding what's triggering us, understanding like why we feel helpless in some situations, why we feel like overwhelming emotions in other situations. Um but where it really messes us up is when we're kids because we don't understand two reasons. One, we don't understand what's going on. And two, we, we are helpless. So it's like if somebody hits you and you're five. You, you can't, can't hit back. You can't hit back.
0: No doubt. And so you just internalize it. Uh, that was a big part of what fucked me up man my dad would throw me down in the corner of a room and yell at me he wouldn't hit me physically yeah but i couldn't muster any kind of way to stand up for myself i was a four-year-old kid five-year-old kid six-year-old kid right so i internalized all of this and it created all of these massive things until finally in a psychedelic ceremony i showed up in vision back in that as my full grown-ass 205 pound self yeah my dad was probably never more than 180 and i was like so i was bigger than him and stronger and i was like you can't do that to me now dad and i was like yelling at this fucking vision in my head to like correct yeah this initial initial thing that i was never able to actually correct the inertia of that yeah
1: Absolutely. Because I was a
0: fucking kid. I, there's no way I could. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the tools. I couldn't release it. I couldn't match it until yeah. like that particular guided session, yeah. which didn't have that as the intent, but that's where it went. That was the only thing that actually allowed me to correct this initial inertia that had been fucking me up. Yeah. And that's essentially
1: what therapy is in a and not any sort of therapy. It's it's digging into those past experiences, finding those those emotional experiences that haven't been equalized. And then equalizing them, talking them through in a new way, understanding them as an adult so that you feel equalized. So, yeah. they, so you feel like, all right, you know, um, I'm not a piece of shit because dad yeah. used to hit me. You know, dad- Because that's
0: really one of the only ways that you can do it is you have to make it feel like you deserved it. Yes. It's, re- it's like one of the only options you have available. Yeah. Yep. Or, or you can hold anger and project all the anger and all the you or out some combination the world, yeah. out into the world there's a couple of reactions you can do sure. but the options are limited because you can't actually stand up yep. yeah 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 it's heavy shit okay so and then there's another saying which this reminded me of too is like hell hath no fury like a woman scorned i don't know who said that shakespeare or some shit probably probably <laughs> <laughs> it's old english sounds, so I don't like, know. It. sounds like it <laughs> hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. all right so a woman scorn that means that you don't want to be with her or man scorn, whatever it doesn't matter gender it's non-gender specific but well
1: back then it would have mattered, uh, yeah. yeah
0: so you scorn somebody so a jilted lover someone who wants to be your lover but you don't want to be their lover yeah. right so that creates that creates this anger yes. right this this feeling that a feeling of pain that they're feeling you're causing this pain yeah. even though you're not you're, even if you're cool and you're like yo i'm just like not feeling it like yeah i love you but you know i'm just not feeling it well you're causing pain and that pain has a reaction and yeah. that reaction has to be ha, is going to be something yeah and that's going to it's going to come out internally or externally in some way yeah and even if it even and the hard part is even if you're being cool and really like yo like like you know i love you but you know it's not just not really working for me and whatever but like if you're causing the pain there's going to be a reaction yeah and and if that person's not aware and tracking that reaction, who the fuck knows how it's gonna come out?
1: Yeah, well, and the hardest part too is that the more intimate the relationship, the more sensitive. Yeah. So again, it's like, it's one thing like if you walk out, yeah, it's, <laughs> you, seem to, you seem to know something about this. Yeah. But it, it's like, you know, it's like if you walk out on the Canal Street or whatever, and some guy like slaps you, you can be like fuck that guy yeah you're gonna be like oh fuck that guy and then 10 seconds later you'll forget that it happened but like if your girlfriend slaps you you know then it's like in front of your friends or like something else like that or Or if your mom
0: slaps you you know then then it's like
1: shit gets It
0: really hurts yeah really really hurts yeah and then the so that actually it's like a force magnifier yeah. you know when it's something and someone that's intimate and someone that you have expectations of a certain yes. level of behavior about and if it carries a label like mom or dad or yeah. girlfriend or wife or husband and it has this magical cloud of expectation around it <laughs> and like familiarity and all these things then it's a force magnifier for any yeah. little any little trivial action that might be there or maybe it's not trivial yeah. but then that force magnifier is then going to have have like have an effect yeah absolutely I mean what 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 hurts more like a random
1: person, slapping you or like your girlfriend saying something mean to you fuck
0: i mean i'll take a slap any day right right? (laughs) like like that's that's easy and even even if it's like online or a random criticism the only ones that hurt really are the ones that you agree with
1: yes you know absolutely. because
0: then it's you hurting yourself by way of them by yeah. way of your agreement of them yeah. and you're you are your own force magnifier oh, that's so true for that fucking that's thing so <laughs> and then it and then that really hurts wherever yeah. someone's like aubrey you're gay i'm like okay whatever <laughs> like i'm not gay but like I what you can call me gay if you want yeah. and maybe one day i will be gay and yeah, i'll tell yeah. the whole world Who that knows? i love dicks and they're delicious <laughs> like wh- fine like it's not yeah. the thing but when someone was like aubrey you're not funny and i was like oh man i have all these friends who are comedians and they're funny and oh man and I'm i got not, all, like, oh. I, got, I got all like bummed out from this guy being like aubrey you're not funny and i was yeah. like what oh oh man i'm not <laughs> you know and then it, that was the one that fucked me up yeah, you know yeah, just because yeah. i was the force magnifier that's why i don't comments guilt. anymore <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> so a lot, of people, like fucks lot of people that do Fuck that the comments
1: they know too Bless much the comments, Mark. Bless, <laughs> the comments. <laughs> Bless the comments Bless the comments The comments are fucked yeah
0: (laughs) um i think you know that idea that to bless the experience that we're in and it's like there's a one of the one of my favorite lines from a musical song is i just did a podcast with him too mike posner is he says that everything is, is as it is supposed to be yeah right like it's this acceptance of the now yes that ultimately is the only escape from all of this everything is fucked like acceptance of what is acceptance of the now na- a collapse into the present moment yeah which is like really out of the mind to a certain degree like a, almost a uh a, the collapse into the present moment is almost a surrender to consciousness yeah which is actually putting consciousness awareness of the self and and us being just simply alive in the highest like Vantage point in, mm-hmm. and having purview over the whole organism, so that the mind, either the thinking or the feeling, isn't in control anymore, mm-hmm. and presence is actually in control in the moment. Like that's really the only way out of the fucking treadmill. Yeah, kind of right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's to give up control rather
1: than trying to control more. It's, it's right. A, it's a giving up of control. It's uh which is a lot of people misinterpret that as is doing nothing it's not the same thing you still do the things that you want to do it's just uh you understand that ultimately you don't have full control over the the consequences and it's all about just making the proper decisions making the proper choices doing the proper actions um there's there's a phrase that i really like i can never remember who said it but it said like hold hold strong opinions held lightly you know so it's like i I like to think of it as like bold actions done uh with a smile yeah done lightly you know done understanding that like you're probably gonna fuck up completely and uh you're gonna fail a lot and you're gonna embarrass yourself a lot but being embracing that that side of it
0: the only time i've I've really felt like not the only time but one of the times where i felt like i had the greatest access to being in truth like when i feel like i'm in truth i find everything hilarious yeah and sometimes this has been like big psilocybin journeys like big like boundary pushing ego dissolving psilocybin journeys where everything is just so funny it's yeah. so funny how stressed i've been about things it's so funny how stressed the world gets about things yeah. it's so funny like i remember in this journey I, I was watching my best friend kyle and he was fucking with something on his foot and i was just so funny how concerned he was <laughs> with this like splinter that he had in his yeah. foot you know and yeah. i was just howling with laughter and like that was the that was like a, a moment of clarity for me yeah which was that like we take these things so seriously and think and put value propositions on everything better worse good bad happy sad blah 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 everything is like one side or the other we're making judgments we're judging fucking constantly yeah when like really the whole thing is kind of hilarious so choose a path that allows more good stuff and more fun stuff and more exploration and but do it and understand that the whole thing is is ultimately like can collapse in a little bit of hilarity. Well, that's that's the flip side of the
1: uncomfortable truth. You know, it's it's that if we're so insignificant and nothing we do ever matters, then there's actually that actually liberates us to love unconditionally. Yeah. To to create, to to pursue life with joy. Like there there's um there's no reason not to. Just there's the, no reason not to just the way there is no
0: reason to do it there's no reason not to so you might as well you might as well do it yeah might as well might as well laugh a little bit more yeah like in the in the toltec tradition you know don miguel ruiz writes about some of his masters yeah and like one of the things i think it was don ezekiel who he talks about which is like his great grandpa and he talked about him just being so mischievous and such a trickster but all he he was just he found everything so funny yeah you know like people would have these important gatherings and you'd do something silly it was like the um what was it they they called it in Lakota something like the or, or whatever uh but anyways he was like just a trickster because he, he realized that all of this all of these things we take so seriously Ooh, this is a wedding Ooh, this is <laughs> gonna be so fucking serious you yeah, know yeah. this is a funeral so fucking serious you know and yeah. he was just finding the hilarity yeah. in all of these things and that was one of like don miguel's great teachers is to like see the humor in all of this human drama that we create this constant need to find some way to create tension to create struggle to create adversity to create enemy to create opponent to create all this and just go like (laughs) look at us go
1: (laughs) that reminds me like when my my grandmother died this was when i was probably like 10 years old she had a great sense of humor and she said She was like, you know, I don't want people to, like, be miserable at my funeral. Um, You know, I want people to remember how fun I was and all the good times we had together. So she put in her will that her funeral, like, the music at her funeral had to be this, like, it was this ridiculous, bright, goofy, like, children's musical type music. And I just remember going to her funeral and it was such... Like there was so so much dissonance because everybody's so sad and there's just this ridiculous music playing the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like ten or eleven. I was like, this is so fucking weird. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it is. It is fucking. It is really liberating when you get to those points. And yeah. it, and it you think that you think that you need really need to care yeah. and really have to have like really believe in it to yeah. to try but you don't like yeah. the trying itself is is the ends right like yeah. trying hard is part of the fun like if you're playing sports yeah right you can play to impress your coach or impress a girl or win the championship yeah. but you know what playing fucking hard is awesome it's the most awesome
1: dude means and it ends
0: it's the most awesome to give it your best <laughs> like that's the best fucking game yeah is when you're really playing your hardest so if that's really what's the best is just going for it then it's not about what the result is yeah
1: absolutely means it, it ends means dude. it ends
0: it, it fucking comes back to that I fucking con he had it
1: <laughs> he just he just fucking
0: got it <laughs> all right so we got to talk about ai Because you have you have this was the one where I was like whoa I did not (laughs) fucking see this coming so at the end you're like you know in in one of these ways of people worrying and having all this fear and and anxiety about what AI is going to do you're like nah bitch just surrender to it it's better than us
1: yeah yeah I, I I find it my. And and let's let me preface this of like I'm not an AI scientist I don't think <laughs> about these issues 24 seven like a lot of people do but you know I, I've I've read the same books and listened to the same podcasts probably most people have and uh, I, speaking of something that I just laugh at you know other people are like well we're gonna human race is gonna be annihilated because AI is gonna produce more efficient toothpicks from our bones you know like <laughs> I just find the whole thing hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I find it absolutely ridiculous these eventually we're going to develop machines that are that outstrip us in terms of intelligence by such a degree uh that to think that we a uh have any control and b would even know what the fuck to do with it if we had it I I just find absurd like it it's like it's like thinking your dog it's like training your dog to beat you at chess like it's just yeah your dog has no conception of you know your dog's understanding of morality ends at good boy you know like Mm -hmm. it's and and our understanding of morality is is going to be similarly limited in the face of like what ai can comprehend and and process
0: yeah i mean i think there's a couple issues one is like what form will we create these at will we create these fucking irobot terminator kind of machines that are <laughs> yeah, equipped yeah. with it and then that have a directive that we don't have control like i think people are going to be mad hesitant for that but as far as like thinking yeah like there's no doubt oh yeah that thinking is kind of like thinking is kind of done now what's interesting then all right and chess is ultimately algorithmic with a clear objective art yeah. on the other hand like yeah. poetry art will ai you know th- but they might because they might be they're able to analyze, they art. might be able to analyze the yes. art that is loved and then produce that so in such a way that yeah, it, it's irresistible.
1: There is a AI produced art. There's AI produced written sym- symphonies now. Um, some of it's okay. It's still not great. There's AI fan fiction. Um, I think there's a, a one of my in notes I referenced like a Harry Potter book that was mm-hmm. written by an AI, and apparently it's not awful. Like it's it's not good, but it's it's also, it's readable. You know, you can actually read it. There's a story and there's like dialogue and stuff that makes sense. Um, you know, I I just feel like, I feel like when when people start worrying about this stuff, I think we're projecting the worst aspects of our own nature onto AI. Yeah. Like we're the ones who committed genocide. <laughs> yeah. We're the ones who like rape and pillage large populations of people in mass. Like it, it's, Uh, we're the ones who kill each other over frivolous and silly things so you know the idea that ai is gonna do that just because we're not like we don't they don't need us to drive cars anymore i I just find to be absolutely i find that
0: absolutely insane too it's the same argument for aliens like yeah i'm not convinced that there are actual physical aliens or not but if there are and they can beam here in the fucking speed of light from some distant galaxy that we can't even fucking find their brain is probably way more evolved and they're probably tapped into ai anyway so what makes us think that they want to fuck us up like what is what is this independence day fantasy that like they want to they want to hurt us like (laughs) most likely they're cooler than us like most likely their morality (laughs) has fucking evolved to the point where they're in equanimity or something i mean i don't know i mean i guess if you watch fire in the sky and they're like pulling fucking scrotum and fucking (laughs) fingernails off you know that's pretty ruthless but who knows if that shit existed i think it's we're projecting our project because that's the shit that we did go to the dungeons of the inquisition see the fucked up shit that we did to witches people who didn't believe in that particular form and variety that flavor of catholicism of the moment yeah you know
1: stuff people still do today yeah government still do today
0: yeah i think you know i think of an alien like a superior
1: alien race came across earth it would be like uh i imagine it'd be like Walking into like one of those cat cafes in Japan where it's just like dozens and dozens of kittens like running around and like swatting at each other, you're just like, Man,
0: oh, so <laughs> it's so cute, it's so cute, and <laughs> you just don't disturb it. Yeah, like, you just don't let disturb let the do cat cafe. Thing. Like, if you go to a natural <laughs> habitat of animals, yeah, you're a dick if you start slapping animals around and fucking, yeah. you know, it's like, No, no, le- leave the habitat, like leave the <laughs> habitat earth and maybe put some boundaries on it because yeah. now, you know, ah, who the fuck knows? I mean, all this is just rant real like hypothesis but i think you're right this idea that it's going to be the worst of us sure is is definitely a false idea but the thing that the thing that i don't know is all right you talk about elliot and i want to go into this you talk about elliot elliot lost his ability to feel Mm. and elliot was a fucking idiot yes he was an idiot because he couldn't feel and i think to make art you have to feel yes and now but you also have to think you also have to think But AI can mimic, can mimic the algorithm of feeling. It can mimic the algorithm of consciousness, Mm -hmm. but can it actually experience it in a way that could produce like feeling that would create good art or good story or good or achieve consciousness? That's where I, that's where I become dubious.
1: Well, it's interesting. So early in the book, just for listeners early in the book, I draw a distinction between the thinking brain and the feeling brain and brilliantly Um, by the way that's fucking
0: awesome man yeah thank you
1: so it's one of the things i talk about actually in the end notes of of the chapter about ai is that uh well sorry to back up for a second when in early in the book when i'm talking about the two brains i talk about how essentially what therapy is is just getting the two brains to talk to each other like getting them to communicate seamlessly like you understand what your feelings are and your feelings respond to your thoughts and uh and back and forth. There's like mm-hmm. a nice little conversation going. When and
0: most of the time they're lying to each other, but yeah. yeah, <laughs> but yeah but okay. like when
1: people get fucked up, it's either because they're all thinking brain and they ignore their, their feelings, or they're all feeling brain and they ignore their
0: their thoughts. Or the feeling comes first and then the thinking brain comes in to justify those feelings yes. based on any hypothesis. That's yes. how all tyranny is kind of fucking that's how people get equanimity in themselves how they find balances, they justify it in some way oh the jews are an inferior race that are yeah. after the certain people let's put them in the fucking oven and yeah. they justify it and it makes makes sense in their brain because their thinking brain is acting on this feeling of whatever feeling caused them to yes. want to create this genocide and their thinking brain's like oh i'll fucking justify that so before we go too too
1: far down <laughs> the the jew holocaust road uh, it, it's one thing that i find interesting is that you know so much of what we struggle with in the mo- like as individuals in the modern world is understanding like what the fuck our feeling brain is thinking and and or what the fuck our feeling brain is feeling and doing uh like that is a lifetime of work to get in touch with your feeling brain understanding the, understanding the impulses why you do do things why you feel things a certain way so what's fascinating is with ai like raw calculations like chess AI surpassed us decades ago. Mm-hmm. the thing the thing that they're hung up on is essentially how do you construct a feeling brain? And because a feeling brain is is surprisingly, it's far more complex than a thinking brain. A feeling brain is 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 drawing like across large neural networks of like thousands or millions of associations of different experiences all simultaneously. Um, and that's actually way, way, way harder to put into a machine than just algorithmic calculation um and so that's like that's a fascinating little like symmetry i guess um that
0: that's kind of that's the bottleneck in ai right now and it may it may be a bottleneck that is insurmountable yeah it may be it it may be be the bottleneck and so for me you know i have no religiosity in my in my body but i have a deep deep spirituality and that comes from largely the plant medicines and well I guess animal medicines too because the strongest psychedelic I've ever done is 5-MeO-DMT and in that experience which Mm -hmm. is like uh something that the Colorado River Toad produces and you it comes in a little you you basically smoke it you vaporize it and then you have an experience and that experience can only be described by me and it's it's ineffable it's completely ineffable and it could only be described as God or love or source or unicity or singularity or whatever you want to feel it's all the feelings of all time expressed simultaneously in the complete collapse of who you are and the surrender to being everything at once yeah it's like and and the only it god is such a such a messy word right like it's really a lot of baggage really hard to use (laughs) that word like like (laughs) definitely right But, but like and that's why like when even when hamilton morris who's a scientist 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 he you know he did five meo dmt he crawls to the riverbank and all he can do is mutter love 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 like it's an incomprehensible experience and i think that may be that may be the boundary and that may be somehow woven into our feeling and it may be somehow woven into this innate connection to something that machines may not be able to replicate but i don't know that sure for sure but i but i felt something that seems beyond the algorithmic calculation that i think i know is is coming with well
1: it's it's an age-old philosophical question
0: is is
1: consciousness just a certain arrangement of physical matter or is there something non-physical going on Mm um we have no fucking idea
0: nope and and really really like experientially is the best is the only way that i know how like i don't expect anybody to like take my word like, well, I heard Aubrey talk about five M E O DMT. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Therefore, there's a gut. No, please don't. Like, yeah, and yeah. please don't go rush out and do it either. Like, this isn't saying like everybody needs to do this. This is my path. I've chosen it, you know, willfully. And it's yielded an experience which I can only describe as like, okay, now I can feel yeah. God. And I can feel what that feel, I can feel love, like capital L yeah. love. And I felt that. And so I can now have a point of reference. And I, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Yeah. necessarily but the curious thing is then can is that an essential part of who we are and is that an irreplaceable part of who we are by whatever form of technology that yeah. we're birthing i i feel like i lean more towards the
1: we're just physical stuff mm-hmm. side of things um just from what i've seen in like uh you know our our understanding of like consciousness and other animals and, and the development of the human brain, um, but it's what's fascinating is if we are just physical stuff, then the AI at a certain point. I mean, this is what is discussed as like the singularity. AI at, at a certain point will develop the technology to merge consciousness. Like you could you could download and upload consciousness from our brains the way you know you upload and download mp3 albums Mm -hmm. um you could stream somebody else's consciousness into your into your brain um and they could stream yours and and it's so this whole identity this whole thing about ego identity it just gets obliterated as soon as the technology reaches a certain level um that's a fascinating thing to think about too you know it's once we pass this bottleneck you know it's everything we actually kind of understand as buddhist enlightenment it 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 might just be in the cloud somewhere
0: it may be and, th- and i think this is actually this is actually interesting that you know and you you go through this whole you know beautiful explanation of what nietzsche said when he said god is dead and how yeah. ai may be the new god that is replacing this but they're also and maybe or it may actually by its inability to replicate yeah and it's in the the failure to surpass this bottleneck we might actually and the legalization and proliferation of these psychedelic technologies which are interacting with the brain and unlocking i mean dmt locks into receptors in the brain and actually it's like a lock and key it's like fits in to these things that are there ready waiting for a variety of different molecules but dmt is one of the things that can fit into it and create this experience right so there is you know some materialist reductionist thing that's actually happening but the experience itself is radically ineffable and is yeah. that so we may actually start to find out answers about like god and what and consciousness and these yeah. things through the process of creating ai and through the technologies that are coming online and yes. our understanding of it absolutely whoa it's exciting time to be alive it and is. when we figure it out
1: it'll still be fucked. <laughs> it'll still be fucked <laughs> <laughs> it'll still be fucked still be fucked it'll be fucked in ways that we can't even
0: fathom right now <laughs> because even after having that experience and like i've made it it forces you when you have these deep experiences these deep spiritual experiences it it kind of it creates the desire to create changes to line up to accord with yes. this this new knowledge and information that you have but it doesn't mean that things aren't still fucked and that's very frustrating yeah it's very fr- it's like i i felt love why can't now i know things but i'm still stuck in the same but kind it, of traps. It's so I I had it was a long time ago but I had I had a
1: psychedelic experience where I had for probably 30 to 45 minutes I I felt my ego dissolve I felt that oneness of mm-hmm. everything and it was it was funny cuz it was you mentioned the frustration like it's when you're in that place Cause like right now we're sober, and so you're like, yeah, it's just frustrating to think about. But it's like <laughs> when you're in that place, you're like, yeah, frustration's part of it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. love frustration. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're, in, you're in the Amafati. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love
0: of the experience. So
1: it's um, yeah, it's a bit
0: of a mindfuck. It is man i i can't believe that you created the newton's laws of emotions <laughs> by the way i'm still like damn honestly man what you said
1: about it was like and it's funny too because because my uh initially like my editor hated it he was like this is confusing nobody's gonna follow and and it was much worse written in at, at that time like i had to, i had to work on that chapter a lot like more than any other chapter in the book and uh He was like, "This it's confusing. Everybody's gonna think Newton actually did this, you know." And so, I I I I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned in the main text that it's like something about like a hypothetical situation, and then and then I had in my end notes I say like, "This is this is fiction. I made this up." Blah blah blah. Um, But it's it's he eventually came around to it, but he. he was like dude what are you doing (laughs) like everybody's gonna think everybody's gonna go run out and buy like a physics textbook well i mean it's it's
0: all it's it's really interesting because actually in hearing that i mean i already was radically impressed with your understanding of philosophy and psychology yeah and i'm actually even more impressed now because Uh. you just you really made this up and honestly like it's one of the best maps to help understand our mind that i've fucking ever come across you Thank know you. and i'm really like excited for the world to like get access to this map Thank so you. that we can actually yeah. start like tracking these stuff with some some actual like understanding of what's uh, happening to, with us I, I really appreciate that 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 those chapters
1: basically that map chapters two through four hardest thing i've ever written in in my life like it shows man it it, i spent as much time on those three chapters as the rest of the book combined um it it was it was a beast but it's it's something that i could always kind of see in my own head and i always i really wanted to get it onto paper and like explain it lucidly Mm -hmm. uh for years actually even going back to subtle art like i had some of these ideas already Mm -hmm. um but it's Holy shit! My next book will have to be easier. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I mean, I I can't. I mean, it's really, really. It's just. It's a great gift for the world that's that, Thanks, that we get to have access to this. But speaking of your next, what is what is fucking kind of? I mean, obviously this is coming out, and like, yeah. Don't even worry about the next. But like, is there other stuff I'm already, you're thinking about? You're already writing
1: stuff? the next one. God
0: damn! You're savage.
1: <laughs> you're a savage i think like you need like years vacation after well, a book I, like but this the next one's not my own so i i'm writing will smith's book nice right now
0: which nice. is um except it's not actually will smith's book it's actually your book that you're pretending is will <laughs> yeah. smith's book yeah, it's... It's will smith's book on this and yeah. you're at the foot the fucking end notes to make actually will smith had nothing to do with this <laughs> i made this up from his perspective <laughs> enjoy everybody um
1: yeah so it, it's uh Um, actually i just started writing like last week um i've been taught meeting up with him for the last year so talking about his life he just turned 50 so wow yeah damn yeah so So he's killing it for 50
0: he's having one of those that gives me hope (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) right there there it is we're ending with this silver lining because will smith is crushing it for 50 he is
1: a monster um it's so inspiring being around him but like so yeah, I've been working with him on and off for the last year. And now it's time to like actually hammer through a draft. So Will Smith, his life, his lessons, um, a lot of crazy shit he's been through that the world doesn't know about. So I'm super excited and hopefully excited it'll be easier. <laughs> it's gotta one. be. It's gotta be, man. It's gotta be. Yeah.
0: Well, shit, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate this, brother. This is Thank the third you. great podcast we've thrown down. So uh, yeah. you know, look forward to continuing this. Can
1: I can I pimp my shit? May Please 14th. Do. Yep. And uh uh Markmanson.net and um uh speaking tour coming to a bunch of major cities, uh check it out. Markmanson.net slash books dash tour. And are you
0: do you read your own Audible? I do. I, I did the audiobook for this one. Oh yeah it's hard work too. It is. It's surprisingly, surprisingly, surprisingly hard work.
1: Exhausting. Yeah. It is <laughs> fucking very exhausting.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, and obviously everywhere fucking this book is gonna go everywhere i hope so no i I mean it i'm pretty fucking confident i'm pretty fucking confident unless people get really offended by the word fuck Uh, but yeah man it's uh i'm looking forward to that so definitely i encourage people to check it out appreciate it as always yeah man definitely thanks everybody peace well is your mind sufficiently fucked because mine is still fucked so i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and definitely check out his book everything is fucked a story of hope and also drop by aubreymarcus.com sign up for the newsletter tell your friends about the podcast i don't know maybe buy some stuff go to on it.com slash aubrey save yourself some money do all the things i love you guys thank you so much you're the fucking best